Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Women Who Rock with Success, a digital media source for professional and entrepreneurial women. Did you know that we can be found on Google Play, Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, Sam's Broadcasting, Autocast, and more? Women Who Rock with Success airs live each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central Time, followed by our latest brand, Women Who Rock Investigates. We handpick professional women in many areas who can provide credible information in their field to build your business and lifestyle. To learn more about us, just visit our website at www.womenwhorockwithsuccess.com. And good morning and welcome to Women Who Rock With Success. This is your host, Ms. Diane Winbush. And today uh, we will be talking about business and we will be talking about how to get your business back on track. Many times uh, we may get off uh, in some areas um, as to where we need to be. And, of course, um, we have to know how to have the right tools and strategies in order to be able to um, get our business where it should be. So today we have a guest in the studio, and it is none other than the mind designer, Natasha. So good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me here. It's so nice. Great, great. So just start off, we're going to start off a little bit and learn a little bit about you, um, perhaps maybe mm-hmm. growing up, and, and then we'll lead into how you came about as to designing um, this, this this type of brand for women. Sure, yeah. So my story uh, at the time didn't feel so typical, but now I've met so many women who, who come from a similar background than I am than I do. And so I actually grew up was born and grew up in Brazil and um immigrated to the US when I was young, I was a teen and so it was a very uh, very tumultuous phase to move to a new country where I didn't speak the language and you know, you're going through all the things that a twelve year old goes through, you're getting to a new school, you don't speak the language, you're trying to assimilate. So a lot of things sort of um came up for me then that I didn't know were going to show up for me later, like this, that feeling of being another, right? That's showing up in a familiar environment and having to quickly figure out, like, where do I fit in here? How do I assimilate? Okay. How do we know who, who's who? Um, and so that really shaped my my worldview in a lot of ways because when I then later on um, just accidentally just got involved into the, in the tech industry in Silicon Beach in L.A., and I say accidentally because, you know, I don't even know where this came from, but one minute I'm working for a fashion designer, and next thing you know, I'm being recruited by a tech company to do business development, and from there, I just sort of, like, um, thrived in that environment because I really I, I really do love the startup environment. I love getting into, like, the, the you know, the bottom ground uh, the level ground level of a new company and helping people get started mm-hmm. and getting into like wearing all those hats that comes with being in that startup phase, right? Because when you're a team of mm-hmm. four or six mm-hmm. or eight and you're growing, everyone has to wear multiple hats. So while I was in that environment helping these startups with with business development and marketing and sales, um, I started to notice a trend, um, and that was that. All of the startups that I worked for in Los Angeles had a very similar looking and sounding um, 
startup and founder group, right? So the CEOs all look mm-hmm. the same, and the founders all look the same, and the board all mm-hmm. look the same. And so I became interested in, in figuring out what's really going on here. Why is there such a, 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 a gap between people with ideas, and I know there are all different kinds of people with ideas, and the people who actually end up mm-hmm. in leadership. Mm-hmm. And from that moment sure. on, I just decided to really study that and I left the tech world to actually get certified in coaching. I came back with this idea that I was going to help diversify, um, you know, the, the, the atmosphere or the industry. And from then on, I just been really interested in helping people with interesting ideas who don't see themselves represented in, in corporate leadership, really get to a place where they are comfortable taking on that role of CEO and they want to create mm-hmm. better environments for their teams and want to create a more inclusive and just more modern corporate culture, right? Where everybody feels like they belong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So we know that business can be a challenge. It can be a challenge starting out sometimes in the women's especially. We have fears of, of starting a new um, uh, uh, chapter in our lives. We don't know where to go. We don't know where to look. Look, and we don't know who to lean on or what have you. So, what was what what were some of the things that kept you thriving for um, business in order to be able to um, um, help women in the areas of what you do, of coaching, consulting, and um, giving them strategies of how to be able to maintain their business? So, I learned the hard way. I went the way that a lot of first-time entrepreneurs go, and it's the, I'll do this myself, and let's see what happens. Um, so I now advise against that that route. You don't have to go at it alone. Even if your intention is to do a solopreneurship where you're always going to be running things by yourself, don't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did. I learned the, the hard way. I started a business by myself and just, you know, all the fears that come up. I, I went through all of them. So mm-hmm. fear of failure, mm-hmm. fear of success, fear of exposure, um, money, like money mindset stuff, all of those things. And so luckily I am very opportunity minded. And so because I kind of had this like this guide for, that I you know created for myself when I was starting my business and I saw the fears that I, they came up for me and I figured out ways to deal with them. I actually, I did put that in a book, right? So I, I launched a book last year called The Perfect Launch Plan. And what I do mm-hmm. in that book is I actually do take women step-by-step step through the launch process, but I address the fears that come up too. So while I definitely mm-hmm. give you pointers on setting up a business plan or figuring out your business model and creating your, your business plan. Along all those steps, I also address each of the fears that came up for me in those processes. So if they come up for you, you have a way to deal with that. Um, but number one thing is definitely don't do it alone. Um, whether that's finding a community of other entrepreneurs or obviously getting a coach, which I strongly advise for because it's such a, it's just really, it, it gets you so far ahead, or whether it's a mastermind, mm-hmm. just, maybe it's just even a friend or somebody who's sort of going through a similar uh, journey with you. Um, not being alone and having that sounding board can make the biggest difference, right? Between you just making mm-hmm. a mistake in a vacuum or you having that space to put that idea out first, get some feedback, get the, criti- get, get the criticism out of the way so that you can sort of you know, um, uh, fight against it or give better examples for it. So I'd say just don't do it alone, first and foremost. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Because when I first got started out of uh, 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 working with the women and other um, um, audiences, so of course, uh, you know, you you want to do it by yourself. You try to protect what it is that you have. It's like it's like you you're the invent me, and so nobody you don't want anyone you don't want anyone else to know about what it is that. Um, you have or that you have created. So one of my biggest issues uh, was networking, and so that was something totally new for me. And so I stumbled and I got up and I stumbled and I got back up and what have you off of some of the strategies that I needed to learn about the effective ways of networking. So, no, we cannot do this alone, and that is a very great factor that you brought out in regards to um, helping women to be able to thrive, you know, over the fears of what they are trying to to um, 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 get to as far as their levels, their chapters in in uh, business and marketing, advertising, whatever uh, their brand may be. Mm-hmm. So great, That's, that is absolutely great. So talk to us about the mind designer. Tell us a little bit about that. The first thing I think about is when I hear the word mind designer, I'm like, okay, this woman here is going to come in and she's going to pick the mind and she's going <laughs> to determine what type of uh, uh, um, algorithms that the uh, entrepreneur is working with and I guess she's going to fix it. So talk to us a little bit about that, of, of, <laughs> the, of the mind designer and why you chose that name as a niche. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to go back to your point a little bit, one of my favorite quotes is, your network is your net worth, right? So really the people who are around you are the people who are going to be there supporting you or also, who knows, getting mm-hmm. you connected with possible clients or to help you figure out a better strategy for your launch. So, yeah, really like work on that networking. And nowadays we can do it in our, in our pajamas from home. We don't even have to get dressed to do it. When I was starting out, it was like I had to go, I used to, go to events three times a week at least to meet new people. Now I just do it all over the computer, and there's so many wonderful groups out there. So <laughs> definitely there are definitely different, different ways to network today. But networking is extremely important. Um, yeah, so... The Mind Designer really came about when I when I finally got my business going and it was it was thriving. I realized that we're really pushing me over the edge. It was not business strategies. It wasn't knowing exactly how to market. It wasn't having the perfect funnel. It wasn't having the perfect product. It really was the fact that I had gotten over those mental hurdles, right? That were really keeping me stuck. And so having gone through that process and having helped other people go through that process and realizing that ultimately your mindset your limiting beliefs are the things that are going to get in the way of you running a successful business um much more so than lack of capital or any other things right so mm-hmm. the mind is that it really felt like an appropriate thing and and so when i think of the mind designer i actually think that the people that i work with are their own mind designers right i work with people and we co-create a mindset that's going to better serve them. There's so many things that we're carrying around that really no longer serves us anymore. They did at some point, mm-hmm. they protected us, these fears definitely kept us safe, um, but now they're not working for us anymore. So I work with people to really, like I said, get over their hurdles, but firstly, identify them, right? I think a lot of us were walking around and we're not really sure what's really getting in the way. So until I get together with my clients to explore what's coming up, then once we identify, we can find strategies that work for them. And so I, because I work with a lot of women, we have no fear of tackling each, everything that comes up, 
along the way. And so, you know, we're no strangers to coaching people through um, sleep training their babies because that's what's really getting in the way. So they'll come to a session and they they just sound tired. They sound spent. They sound like they're just completely mm-hmm. trained. They, they can't be present. So we go, okay, let's put aside the business. Forget the business. What's really going on here, right? And so what comes up inevitably is, well, I'm irritated or I'm irritable because I can't sleep because mm-hmm. my baby can't fall asleep. Okay, cool. So that's really what's going on. You're irritable because you're not getting enough rest. So let's, let's tackle that. What's really getting in the way? So we we work through the process. And like I said, if that means sleep training, it's, it's that's where we go. A lot of times people come in and they go, it's hard for me to concentrate because, you know, there are issues going on with my family, especially in the past year, right? Everybody had their minds pulled in many different directions because they had to worry about mm-hmm. many different things. So it's creating that space for you to take your mind off of what you think is really going on and really getting to the mm-hmm. bottom of what's, what's actually showing up, right? Something that mm-hmm. everybody has to work through, regardless of your background, is your money story, right? So people are coming in with many different beliefs around money. And so whether you were told a lot when you were a child that there was never enough or whether you were told a lot that when you were a child that if you didn't save or if you didn't work hard that you would never succeed, everyone's got something. So those mindsets that you're coming, uh, that you're bringing into your, your business are going to show up because you are a person running something. So your beliefs, um, and like I said, your mindsets are going to show up. So we sit together and we co-create a, a mindset mm-hmm. really that's going to better serve you. And we find strategies to get you to, to that space. And in that, in that journey, we also talk about strategy. We also talk about creating a corporate culture. We also talk about how to be an inclusive leader, how to create a sense of belonging for your team, how to do hiring better, what kinds of benefits and things to offer. So we really tackle everything. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, you know, since 2000, I guess 14. I don't know if it was 13 or 14. Um, of course, we've had I don't know hundreds of guests, and um, a lot of them had to recreate their uh, brand. They had to recreate their words. I think we had a uh, one of the guests, and I uh, talk about her uh, a lot. And um, what happened was she was working um, as an editor and a producer for NBC Nightly News, and then all of a sudden here comes this. This uh, now this was before the pande- pandemic. This was when the, I think when the economic crash hit, and of course they were laying off people everywhere, news, newspapers everywhere, corporate America. People were just getting laid off. So she had to go back and she had to recreate something for her. So let's discuss a little bit, and we're going to get a little bit back into your book too after this question. So. How important do you feel that it's a factor for a woman to have more than just one idea? So sometimes you may come across a woman, she's a health administrator, but she has a consulting business. Sometimes you may come across a woman mm-hmm. that's a, 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 women, a woman entrepreneur, and she's a filmmaker, but she also has a corporate America job as well. And so do you feel in your terms is that important for women to always have something to be able to rely back on or relate to uh, in regards to just always keeping all of the eggs 
in one basket. So, like I said, we we have we have had some guests on the show where, I, and I, and I'll explain another one. It was another uh, guest that we had, and I think that was 2015. And so she came in one day, and so she always, you know, would uh, fumble with her daughter. Her daughter always would be laying on the floor by the television after school. She's 17 years old, and so she had a corporate America job. And then she came in one day, rolled her feet on her, you know, playing with her daughter. Her daughter rolled mm-hmm. over. Her daughter was dead. Then she had to go. Her husband left her, and of course that resulted into divorce. But however, this woman went in there and she picked up the pieces, the broken pieces. She just lost her daughter. She just lost her husband, but she was able to create a six-figure digit income, um, regardless of you know. She went in and she just. She she moved everything out the way. She quit her job. She didn't lose her job. She just quit it because of some of the challenges that she had went through emotionally and physically. And so she just went in and, and, and cleaned the surface off and said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to rebuild something as a consultant. I think she has like a consulting business too. And she built it from a six-figure income all the way up from zero. So in your terms, from the experience that you have had, how important do you feel that it's 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 a, a factor for women to always have something to be able to go back to? You know, if this does not work, then mm-hmm. I have something else to rely on because now that's what you see women are doing um, in the tech world, in the uh, consulting world, in the um, in the uh, filmmaking industry. They have two. If this don't work, I sure can step over to this. Um, calls here, and I still can be able to have something to be able to manage and keep moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what that makes me think of is that, you know, that question that everybody gets asked when they're a kid is, like, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I think that's such a silly question, right? Because I think mm-hmm. it was Michelle Obama even that said that you don't stop. You don't just grow up and then you're a thing and that's it, <laughs> you know? You keep evolving. <laughs> you keep changing. And so mm-hmm, I think what mm-hmm. what would be a better question is, like, what are the things that you like to do, right? Because you can have many things okay. that you like to do without having to define what you want to be. And so do I think it's important for women to have something else? Uh, I think it's just natural. Yes, it's important, but I think everybody just kind of has that, right? I think that a better question to ask yourself is, throughout your day and your interests and what you do, regardless of where you go to work, what kind of problems do you have? Because if you have problems, then there are ideas there to solve them. And every time you have an idea to solve a problem, that's a business, that's a potential business, right? And so Mm -hmm. I think that right now, we have come to a place where we are uh, requiring more, we're asking more of our employers, we're asking more of our careers. We want to make sure that we're fulfilled, that we have a passion, that it's something that if we're going to wake up and do work every day, that it's something that we understand why we're doing, right? That, that we feel a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. again, that idea of like, what do you like to do? What problems can you solve? It's, it's going to come naturally to most people because we all have something that we can probably solve for, or we all have um, different things that we like to do. So in my in my personal life, I am passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion, but I'm also really passionate about working with individuals to tackle mindset stuff, which a lot of times not going to have anything to do with you know corporate DEI. Um, 
but I'm also passionate about fashion because that's my background. And so, yes, like currently, you know, one side of my business could potentially stop tomorrow, but it's not going to stop me from working because I still have DEI consultant consulting, right? And I still have my ideas if I want to go back to the fashion world. Mm-hmm. Or I do have experience now with um, coaching through parenting. There's problems there that I can solve. So again, it's like the moment you sit down and you figure out what are the problems in my life that I'm, that I'm already solving, I can tell you there's definitely a business there because other people have that problem too. And if you have a way that you found a, that you found to overcome that, then that's how you're going to be able to help other people. And if you can help other people, that's a business for sure. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. And so uh, back to your book, we have just a few minutes left. We want to uh, be able to dive also a little bit more into that. And so what are three takeaways? Let's let's put, let's, we, we're going to uh, spotlight three of them. And I know you have told us a little bit about what the, what the topic and the title of your book and some of what it is about. So t- tell us a, uh, a couple of, takeaways that you would love for the audience to be able to get from your book? Well, the thing that comes up first, and this is something else that's in the book too, at the end of every chapter, I give my readers a permission slip, right? So basically I, I say, it's okay for you to this, do this thing. And one, I think one of the first things that I have in there is you're allowed to want more, right? You're allowed to ask for more. So I think a lot of times we, we kind of get grapple with this idea of, you know, well, I have so much around me or, well, I'm already doing all this work, but you're always allowed to ask for more or want more of yourself, of your job, of your business, of, you know, your passion. So you're allowed to want more. So just, that's my permission slip to everybody here. If they're wondering whether or not it's a good idea for them to go through with the business, wondering whether or not it's a good idea to you know, keep their full-time job, but try to do something on the side. Mm-hmm. If they're wondering if they can grow, you're allowed to. You're allowed to ask for more. You're allowed to want more. So I'd say start there. And then, yes, this other idea of the, just the permission slips, too. I think a lot of times we sort of forget that we have ownership over what we want, what we need. And so um, really reminding yourself that you can and, you, and you're allowed, right? You're you're allowed to have one thing, but also you're allowed to make mistakes. I think that's the biggest lesson in the book is that I go through a failed business, my first failed business, to get you through uh, actually launching something successfully, right? So failures are such an important part of entrepreneurship. And if you're not failing, you're not learning. And if you're not learning, you're not growing. So get really cozy, get really comfortable with failure. Start to make it your best friend because every time something doesn't go the way that you want it to be, you want it to go, you want to find that lesson in there. You want to go, okay, cool, that didn't work out. That means that I found one way that, it, that doesn't work. What's the other way that I can try and keep going from there? Because I certainly was paralyzed by this fear of failure for a very long time because, you know, like you were saying, you start something new and you just sort of like keep it to yourself because, you know, in case this doesn't work out, nobody's going to know that I failed. And that's such a silly move because, again, there's so much to learn from and exposing it because somebody will be like, hey, you did this wrong. Let me help you out because I know the better way to do it. And right. I didn't know that back then. Right. So now it's like, okay. put it out there, sh- shout it to the rooftops and say, hey, I made a mistake. Who can right. help me? Um, look for that help. And yeah, get, like I said, get cozy with failure because it's going to come in every corner of, of your business launch and business growth. And it's going to be the, the best strategy for you to go uh, to find a way out and to find um, a better strategy or a better way to do things 
from your learning of that failure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because I think a lot of times that's the reason why women, sometimes they procrastinate in some areas when it comes to starting their niche for business. They, uh, you know, they think about the failures, but they never, some of them never try, you know, nothing beats a failure but a try, mm-hmm. what they used to say when, um, you know, when I was coming up in school. So, you know, um, um, that's, a, that's a very, very great uh, response. So uh, what we're going to do now is you can be able to share your book and where they can be able to find it. You can also be able to share any social media handles where the audience can be able to follow you and where they can be able to connect with you. Sure. Well, my website is theminddesigner.com, and I'm on Instagram and Facebook at The Mind Designer, so you can always find me there. And my book, um, if you don't want to support Amazon, which I know a lot of my clients now don't want to, it's available on my website, so you can find it there. However, if you want to get it through Amazon, it's on Amazon as well, and it's called The Perfect Launch Plan. Um, Obviously, it's a cheeky title because nothing is perfect, so it's The Perfect Launch Plan. And it's going to, again, can find Amazon, and I'm at The Mind Designer and all the social media uh, areas. Okay, great. So, audience, we have heard it all, or most of it, or most of it all, anyway. You'll have to get the book, and then you can be able to follow her a little bit more so you can learn more about her strategies as well as her consulting firm. Again, this is Diane Winbush, um, and we thank you so much, uh, Natasha, for being our guest on today on Women Who Walk with Success. Thank you so much for having me on. Hopefully I was able to share some valuable insight with your audience. Great, and have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.